On this edition of the Table of Content, Michael and I continue through Misspelled, the fantasy series from We Are One Body Audio Theater. And for this one, we head to the clouds. We'll explain why that's coming up next right here on the Table of Content. Thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of the Table of Content. I am Albert Sainz, joined with Michael Steele. Hello, how are you? Uh, you know, uh, it's good. Been a long day, but you know, I'm glad to be here as always talking with you, especially getting the chance to talk misspelled. So, so here we are. We, uh, we are now, we are almost at the end of this seven episode series, and we have been following the mage who we were introduced as finally getting his name in the last episode, Septimar. Uh, and he has journeyed out to try to make amends for uh, the problems that he has caused from the initial uh, trying to steal a spell from Baba Yaga. And mm. uh, now he's out on his journey to find a way to get to giant country because within giant country exists one giant who has a potion that can help reverse a spell and through this potion, the hope is that the apprentice can be transformed uh, back to a human person from the dragon that he has become. So um, it's a it's really a great scene. It starts out uh, in a bar, and much like you would potentially, I, I th- you know I think that I think bars get a bad rap sometimes. You know, I've I've visited. Uh, not a lot of bars in my lifetime, but I have visited mm-hmm. some Irish pubs across the country and I visited some, some dancing bars and potentially a couple of regular bars. And, you know, I've never had a uh, bad experience there, but I think you hear bar and you just, you think it's a bunch of rough and seedy people and they're, you know, right. just guys that look like they could just tear apart metal with their teeth and, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the classic sort of, you know, biker bar where everyone's dressed in leather. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a bunch of Harley Davidsons outside and leather jackets with, you know, skulls and tattoos all over their arms and a bunch of, you know, bandanas right. and, you know, yeah. loud music playing and people getting thrown out of windows. Uh, mm-hmm. And so be that as it may, I, I, I think what, you know, they were trying to establish here was kind of a, you know, a rougher bar. I can't say there's biker gangs in this particular bar. Uh, however, <laughs> it, it, when you listen to it, it's such a great setting because you hear all the commotion. You hear that there's guys sort of laughing in the background and people are drinking. And uh, Molly, we're introduced to, to Molly, who's trying to work her way kind of through the crowd to go and talk to Jack. And we don't mm. we don't fully understand yet who Jack is, but we're about to transfer into our next sort of fantasy story, you know, reinvented. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, Molly's basically talking to Jack, making sure that he's okay. Does he need anything else? And right. you know, and it on a small note, going back to what I said, you know, about you know, you kind of take the the bar atmosphere for this rough and tumble and everyone just sort of maybe kind of cutthroat. It's nice to have this character of Molly sort of introduced, you know, and and she's trying to do her job, but she's, she seems to have a good heart and she cares and she's trying to make sure everyone's taken care of because it would be understandable to be a little bit rough around the edges yourself after having to deal with bar patrons all day. 
Right. Right. You know, I love the, the juxtaposition of sort of the spaghetti Western, you know, the sort of nod to the spaghetti Western and then fairy tales. I just, I like how the two kind of mesh together. It's really, it's really kind of cool, you know? And yeah, so Molly comes up to Jack and they, they start just talking small talk as if like back in the day, uh, did you hear about the drought or did you hear about the, you know, whatever the stampede. But in this case, it's, <laughs> have you heard about that dragon? And it, she just like brings it right up. Right. So it's, it's a, it's a great, yeah, a great sort of intro into that, uh, that conversation. It would be a fun world, wouldn't it? it, it I mean, I, I can't say that, you know, dragons that terrorize countrysides is necessarily fun, but if that mm-hmm. was the normal sort of, you know, talk of the day, like, oh, you know, there's that dragon again. You know, oh, yeah, just that dragon. And, 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 and what I think Jack says, right, he right. says, you know, this seems to be all anyone's ever talking about, you know. And uh, so I, I think that'd be a, a fun world to live in where you instead of talking about droughts or the horse that got away, uh, you right. know, or, you know, the, the the farm is having issues. You talk about the dragon. Um yeah. What what's your take on Jack at this point in in the story? He strikes me as kind of like someone who's a bit down on his luck and and like a bit pessimistic, you know. You know, like someone who who goes to a bar because he's just like um I'm done with this. I I, I need a beer. Well, you know, he he doesn't quite strike me as that. He just strikes me as someone okay. who's trying to sort of mind his business. He's he sounds like he's led kind of a a, a long life. And at this mm. point, you know, he, he's got into who knows what, you know, and he just sounds like, yeah, this is where I go and I hang out and I have, and I have a beer and I yeah. relax and Molly is my friend and she takes care of me and, you know, I don't want to do anything else. Just trying to yeah. live out his days in as much peace as possible. Right. Yeah. Nice. I like that. And, and I think that's a lot of people, they just want some peace, you know, and it's at a bar, it's on the beach, because I think there's lots of people who like, they go to a lot of different places and they just, just leave me alone. Let me live out my days. I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want to be bothered. Right. Yeah. I'm just looking for a little bit of peace, a little bit of, of respite from the the hecticness of, you know, daily life. Right. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, then, you know, Molly makes a note that sort of clues us in to, you know, what's, you know, who Jack is. Cause she says, well, I mean, I assume it's better than, uh, than having giants around. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jack's like, you know, they sort of, they sort of laugh it off. And you're like, Oh, uh, you know, is this yeah. the Jack, you know, the, the, yeah, the Jack from Jack in the beanstalk. Yeah. Or Jack, the giant. Killer. Right. Or Jack. Right. The giant. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they're like sharing this inside joke. So then Molly tries to go about her business and ends up bumping into the mage who comes into the bar, not really seeming like the bar patron type. And, uh, you know, they have their accident, but everything's okay. And he says he's looking for a guide to giant country. And, you know, Molly sort of points to Jack. And I, I like what Septimar says. Septimar says, oh, you mean that terrifying looking individual? And she's like, that's the one. And yeah. he's like, oh, okay. And, and, and again, it would be easy, right, to, to say, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to that person. They look kind of right. menacing, you know. I, I don't know if I yes. want to talk to that person. But right. 
we 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 let the we let the stereotypes or we let a, an image right don't don't judge a book by its cover we we let that sort of get in our way and yes because it turns out that jack is actually someone who wants to help he's not a bad guy you know he he does want to be left yeah. alone but he's not a bad guy but we can you know obviously understand like oh i don't want to go talk to someone who looks terrifying or who looks like they're going to s- strangle me um right and i i mean i can remember that i mean i can remember being a kid and looking at guys about oh I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. that's a, that's a looks that's a scary looking guy you know or something but you know as i've gotten older you know you try to look past that sort of thing and understand that people are just people and we should really take the time to get to know them mm, right you know i and i just wanted to point out i've noticed that, that change in septimar like up until this point if he would have bumped into a barmaid it would have been her fault get out of my way who do you think you are you know and yet he actually is like, oh, I'm sorry I bumped you. You know, he's like, there's a change in Septimar, which is, I have found kind of refreshing. But um, but yeah, same type of thing, like appearances, uh, first impressions. What is it like people, they, 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 they make judgments about people based on 30 seconds of first impressions or whatever. Right, right. But, but yeah, but I, I remember once, this is years ago, up in... New Hampshire, uh, you know, there was like this, this biker rally and we were at this gas station. And again, this biker comes up and he has this, you know, his beard is braided. Like he has two braids, you know, and like really intimidating looking character, but he was the nicest guy. He was just like, Hey, you know, and he's very polite and everything. Have a nice day. And then he rode off, you know, (laughs) and that, that just kind of plays right into this. Like, don't judge a book by its cover. Sure. Yep. Yep. And I believe that works both ways as well. You know, you really have to get to know the person because you know you could have a, a rotten apple that seems nice on the outside. As oh well. yeah. No. No. Mo- most definitely. So I mean, you know, proceed with caution, I, I guess, but don't, mm-hmm. uh, but don't be afraid to potentially try to engage someone because you might, you know, who knows? It might be your next best friend. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, so Septimar, Septimar sits and says, hey, I'm looking for a guy to Giant Country. And Jack's kind of like, you know, uh, you've got the wrong guy. And but then he's sort of like, well, what's going on? Because that's what she said. And so he says, you know, so you can't take me to Giant Country. And that's not what I said. And they have this big discussion. And basically Septimar says, look, I'm trying to get there because I need to save everyone from the dragon. And he starts to get Jack's attention. He's like, well, the dragon's my apprentice. And this is all really my fault. And it's because I tried to steal something from Baba Yaga. And I can make this better if I can get a potion from Giant Country. And then Jack's intrigued. And he says, okay, you know, I will help you out. And But he's very clear. He says, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for your apprentice. And I think that's a very interesting note. Mm. Because you could, I mean... You could say, I'm going to help you out. And it would make sense, right? I'm going to help, I'm going to help you out, Septimar. You know, you caused all this and I'm going to help you out. But he says, I'm going to help you because of your apprentice. So, you know, we're sort of opened up into seeing Jack's heart. Like Jack cares about other people and he mm-hmm. wants to try to help the poor apprentice that has been turned into a dragon. Uh, right. And I think that's 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 pretty noble because, you know, 
who knows? I mean, this sounds like the chance of a lifetime to help save the kingdom. But he's like, no, I'm not, you know, he's not doing this for glory or for honor or for fame. He's like, no, I want to help your apprentice. And that's what right. his, that's what his concern is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I'm, my curiosity is, is tickled at the moment as to why Jack is so reluctant. Like, you know, that just is a big mystery right now <laughs> at this stage in the, in the episode or, or, you know, reading through the episode. Yeah. So then Jack says, all right, you know, I'm going to help you. And he, Molly comes back and he says, you know, you have that, that big bag that I told you to hold on to for me. And, uh, you know, she's worried about Jack, you know, Jack, you're not getting into that again. He says, don't worry. I got a good reason. And so it's like, okay. So she goes and gets it and she comes back with it. It's this big, heavy bag and says, you know, all right, let's, let's go. So they, they head out on their adventure. And what we come to find is that the next scene is they're on the beanstalk. And this is a scene I want to talk about a little bit from the production side. But they're going up the beanstalk and Septimar is kind of struggling and, you know, Jack has no issue. Mm -hmm. But you hear that they're climbing and they're using these climbing boots that Jack has invented. And the reason I wanted to talk about the production side is because we, we have this team that works on our sound design and sound effects. And they put together a really cool setup for creating the sounds of climbing the tree. They, they literally made sort of custom boots to sort of create the sound effects of, you know, all the metal in the boots climbing the tree. And they used fruit, uh, and, like in a knife to sort of mimic, you know, climbing the tree and sticking into the tree. And it's just, it's really, it's just really creative. And when you, but you don't know any of that. You don't know any of that when you're, when you're listening and you just hear, right tree climbing and cool sound effects. So I, I really liked that scene of them climbing the tree. Right. We, we um, got a kick out of that YouTube video that was made just highlighting the effort of the sound effects team and the magic that they work. You know, it's just a three minute short video, but we loved it. If, and I encourage you, if you haven't seen it, check out the misspelled, uh, I, I forget the title of it, but it's like the the behind the scenes, uh, sound effects. It's really cool. Yeah. It's, I think, uh, the sound effects of misspelled. Um, and so you can find that our YouTube channel or go to the, uh, audio theater webpage, waobaudiotheater.org. And on the misspelled page on our website, you can see that video, uh, it's in the behind the scenes section. Uh, so yeah, really worth uh, your time and see kind of what they were doing. And what you see in the video is only a very small part of the sound effects and sound design that went into making this, but really is it, it is fun as Michael mentioned. So they climb the beanstalk, they get onto the clouds. Septimar is completely enthralled with the clouds, and I don't blame him. I think if I suddenly found myself walking on clouds in the sky, I think I'd be just losing my mind with excitement. No kidding, right? You ever like look out an airplane window, you know, when you're flying and you just see sort of this expanse of what looks like a gigantic cotton bed. You know, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. So in the midst of them walking, they strike up another conversation. And in this conversation, um, Jack sort of explains how he had been around giant country more in the past. He said he used to steal from them. Uh, he had met a giant before. And then he talks about how he he ended up killing a giant. And he said you know, it was an accident. And he's expressing remorse for, for it. And he's hoping that maybe an opportunity presents itself so that he can make amends 
for what he has done. And it's a great, it's another look into the human person in this instance through Jack, but we see that Jack wants to help so that the apprentice can be saved from being a dragon. And here Mm. he feels for what he has done. You know, he feels for the act of killing the giant. You know, it wasn't intentional. He didn't want to do it, but it happened and it's been plaguing him. It's been haunting him and he wants to make amends for it. And that's, that's the story of many of our lives, right? It's the story of, for, for so many of us, we just, we've done something in the past and we want to make amends. How can we do it? Yes. Right. How do we, yeah. How do we right the wrong or, or achieve that balance of justice? Yeah. Yeah. I really find that that's cool that they're both in a similar positions. Septimar is trying to right the wrong uh, that he inadvertently committed against his apprentice who is now a dragon. Right. And Jack is hopefully, I don't know really how Jack hopes to make amends with the, with the giants that he, uh, he's, uh, stolen from and the one that he accidentally chopped out of the, uh, the beanstalk, but right. But the, the intention and desire is there. The, the kind of the, the remorse is providing the impetus to get them moving along the right direction. And that's cool. But isn't it, isn't it interesting that, you know, I think we do a lot of things that we want to say, I'm sorry for, make amends for. But in this instance, how powerful it is to make amends for the offense against another person. Yes. I mean, we have Septimar turned the apprentice into a dragon and Jack killed a giant. And whether he was huge or not, it's still, it was a person. And offenses against the human person just can be such a, strong motivation to be like, I, I've got to make this mm. better. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Right. And that also points to their, uh, well, like you were saying, their their degree of, of change in their hearts or the, the love that's going in their hearts. They recognize that there's been hurt that needs to be righted. So that's cool. So they get up to the house, they're, they're admiring the house and, you know, they're kind of overwhelmed and, you know, they they each don't fully still understand each other because Jack's like, okay, so what are we going to do? And so, well, I thought you had a plan. Well, I thought you're the mastermind. And then mm-hmm. there's this conversation about, well, can't you just like, you know, Jack's saying, well, can't you just use your, your magic? And he's like, well, I, I don't know if I have enough magic for something that big. And they're having this conversation. They're like, well, I guess we'll just sort of wing it, basically. And they mm-hmm. get in the house uh, <laughs> because there's a cat coming. So they want to get away from the cat. They get under the door. And here they are now in the giant's house. And after some more conversation, here comes the giant himself. So they're trying to hide. It's a bunch of chaos. Uh, Jack's able to sort of get away easily, but Septimar is being sort of, unfortunately, the the boots that got them up to giant country so well are now proving to be a large hindrance to Septimar, uh, and he's sort of mm-hmm. getting stuck. The giant is thinking it's a rat, and he wants to get rid of the rat. <laughs> And he finds out after some more commotion uh, because Septimar uses some magic and freezes the giant's feet. Uh, then the, the giant realizes, uh, oh, wait a second, you're not a rat. Yeah, what are you doing here? And uh, he says, well, right. uh, you know, sort of at a loss. And then Jack comes out, uh, I'm here, and I'm the one that ended up accidentally killing the giant. And Giles, we come to know that the giant is named Giles. 
he sort of, oh, you're the one. He says, yes, yes, it, it was me, but I'm sorry. It was an accident. I, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't know he was on the beanstalk. And just, I, I want to make up for it. You know, how can I make up for it? They want to have a conversation with the giant. The giant is unfortunately a little too cold to talk. He's like, you might help. It might help if you unfreeze my, my feet. So he unfreezes his feet. You would, we're, we're all expecting, you know, I think what we're expecting here right. is that the giant's going to, you know, smash first because you, know, you, you, you hear that earlier, right. you know, the Jack, Jack says, this is the kind of giant that would smash first and ask questions later. So like, Oh, right. And as, as we've come to know the story over the years, however, it's been told, you know, fee, five, oh, fum, uh, we expect that. Okay. Well, here we go. The giant is going to smash both of them into little bitty pieces. Um, mm -hmm. but he doesn't, he's actually sort of a kind hearted, uh, well-spoken, very eloquent sounding sort of giant. And he's like, okay, tell you what, let's, let's have some tea. Let's talk about all of this. So they, right. they get lifted up to the table. They have some tea and the Septimar says, I need this potion. He's like, Hmm, let me see if I have any. And then Jack's like, you know what? Uh, how about in return for the potion, I stay and help you make more of the potion. Cause the giant explains that this is really hard to make. It takes a long time. And mm. Jack's like, look, I want to make amends. I want to do something like, let me do something. Let me help you prepare the next batch of the potion. And, uh, the giant sort of is skeptical. He's like, well, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure because it, sure. I mean, Jack killed his like relative basically. And right. third, third, third cousin once removed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. So really, really distant. And yeah, I, I, I can, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can trust you. And that's fair. Mm -hmm. And that's fair. I want to make sure we understand that is a fair statement to, to make. Like someone comes up to you and says, I've committed this grave act against you or against your family, but I want to make amends. How can I make amends? I think that right. is a normal reaction to be like, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if I'm ready. I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if this is the right thing. So I, I think the right. giant's completely in, in the right mind here to be skeptical. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept your apology and the sincerity of your heart, but I don't really like want to get involved or have you quote unquote, help me with something, you know, but, um, I, I just like to, this is off topic, but I just wanted to point to again, how wonderful the script is written and how marvelous the sound effects are and how difficult it is with the medium of radio to try and, paint a picture in the imagination. Like you have to do a lot of showing, not telling. And so even just the opening conversation where they're talking about how big the door is and all of that is woven into it. It, it helps create that picture of how gigantic everything is in, in giant country. So I just side note. No, it's a great note to, to, to make. I mean, you got to bring everything to life somehow, right? So a lot's got to mm -hmm. go into making that all happen. So everyone basically decides, all right, well, I'll give you the potion. Jack, you can stay and squish and grind and crumble up all the ingredients for it. Uh, and Septimar is sort of left to head back on his own. And, you know, Jack stays to work on making amends. 
and that would have been a good sort of potential end to the story, but we end up at the last scene. Uh, we are out of Giant Country, and Septimar has returned to Baba Yaga's house to find that Baba Yaga is not there. He has found the dog, though, and the dog that we were introduced to several episodes back, and the dog was trying to find the cat and was unable to find the cat, so came to Baba Yaga. They both meet there, they go in, and everything looks like there's been a problem because they can't find Baba Yaga. Now, if you remember in the last episode, they were trying to get away from the dragon. Baba Yaga and Septimar were trying to get away from the dragon, and they were hiding behind a waterfall. So in the the time that Septimar has been gone and returns, it appears as though the dragon has taken Baba Yaga. And so Baba Yaga has left the map. So now, with sort of the potion in hand and an extreme desire and drive to want to continue to help everyone now that has been affected. The, the mage sets out uh, in the chicken house with the controls. Mm. And so the mage and the dog take off in the chicken house to go and find the dragon's lair. And that's where we're left with the, the end of episode six. And again, I, I think, Septimar as a whole now, since realizing what he has done, who he is, getting his memory back, is on the track to making amends. So ultimately, we can see the story arc is really about Septimar trying to make everything better. But I appreciated the emphasis in this story with Jack's storyline about Jack wanted to make amends. And I think that's, that's, that's the strong point. That is the takeaway, that you can make amends for something that you have you have done wrong. It may not be perfect. It may not be exactly what uh, is going to restore everything to 100% perfection because the truth is you can never really take back what you did, whatever that is. But in this right. instance, like you know, Jack cannot take back the fact that he killed the giant. And Septimar can't take back the fact that he made his apprentice into a dragon because of his own desire for power and knowledge. You can't take any of that back. We can try to make it better. Right. And I, I like that part of the, of this episode. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a nice uh, uh, aspect that you pointed out and you highlight and you think about how Jack's effort to make amends has now also created or the possibility for uh, a new friendship, uh, a better relationship. You think, you know, entering into the character of Jack Maybe the giant land is now no longer sort of shrouded with fear and uh, guilt and regret. And uh, now it, it has a possibility of it becoming more of a welcoming place for Jack. So, yeah, and that's, I think that that kind of is always, well, maybe not always, but how it sometimes plays out, you know, in, in real life as well. Right, right, right. So uh, with with that good thought behind us, that we end episode six on, you know, the desire and the drive and the want to make amends, uh, we will now head towards episode seven and the conclusion of Misspelled. Uh, and I'm glad uh, the audience has tuned in. And I, I hope, let, let, me, let me make sure that, you know, audience, if for some reason at this point you have not started listening to Misspelled and you've just been listening to the table of content without listening to Misspelled, please go and listen to Misspelled. And you can go to our YouTube channel, go to our Facebook page, go to our website, you know, waobaudiotheater.org. Click on one of the multiple links to take you to our Misspelled page. 
We're on all the podcast directories, or at least uh, all the big ones. There's no way for you to not be able to listen to it. So if you have a desire, I encourage you to go listen to it. My my family's been listening to it. They've been enjoying it. And I think Michael can say the same thing. Absolutely. You owe it to yourself to to listen. Start from episode one and and episode one through six are now posted. So yes, it's worthwhile. Great entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, we're so glad that you have been tuning into the table of content and we hope that we have been a good assistance to you on your own journey and quest through this misspelled series. Uh, And we hope that we will get to uh, help you through episode seven. And until that time, until that next episode, be good, stay safe, peace.